surprise! That is the theme of today's episode. Welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith and well-being. We are so glad you're listening. So surprises are funny things. Sometimes they can be fun, exciting, unexpected blessings in your life. Other times they can be traumatic. And then often they can just be awkward and out of place, much like the intro to this podcast. We are going to dive into all of those different types of surprises. Lindsay's going to share some research that's actually been done on the subject. And Michael's going to share a few moments of his life that were marked by good surprises and bad surprises. So to get us started, here are Evan DeYoung, Lindsay Geist, and Michael McCord. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Did you clap in the middle? I did. <laughs> Sorry, I did. You know, I have one signature bit, <laughs> and mine is to overlap yours. So, oh right, goodness gracious! Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the not alone podcast i am evan DeYoung, and i'm joined by Lindsay geist and michael mccord say hey to the people i was gonna let you go first this time oh, michael oh. <laughs> you How's leaned into the camera like you were i know you last last time you could accuse me of being too formal so i was like gosh do i try to do something funny i felt the pressure of trying to surprise you with some new approach to but anyway Hello, Instead, everybody. you just paralyzed me because then, I, you I got was real frozen close to the camera and then stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. We're glad you're back listening today. Oh, boy, are we ever. And we are talking about surprise today. That's, hold on, hold on. That did not sound very sincere. Oh, boy, are we ever. Come on, let's give them a little more enthusiasm. Surprise them. Oh, boy, are we ever. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Oh my god, Michael's gonna take me for ice cream later. That would be an awesome surprise. And if I'm good, I can pick out a toy. So, surprise! We're talking about surprise. And you might ask yourself, reasonably, what does this have to do with faith and well-being? Actually, a little more than you would think because we all experience surprises. It's going to happen one way or another. You will not expect everything that happens in life. And so we're not just talking about surprise parties. We're not just talking about good news or bad news, but what happens when you receive news or something happens that you weren't expecting. So to start us off, Lindsay, Michael, do you like surprises or do you not like surprises? I didn't. I wasn't prepared for this answer. Surprise! I, do, I, I love. <laughs> I do love surprises. I, I, I did stop and think for a second. That, it's funny. My dad did not like surprises at all, and I did going into this. This is what stopped me for a second because going. I love surprises. I love surprising people. Uh, and I was like, when you asked me that, I was like, oh, there really are people who don't like surprises, and they want everything to be, you know. And my dad was one of those. Like if you. If a neighbor came over and knocked on the door and just wanted to say hello, it would, my dad would not, he would not like that. He just, he wants to know what, he knew, wanted to know what things were happening when they happened. And what do you think, Lindsay, are you a surprise person or you want, you want to know? I'm not a big surprise person. I, oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm not anti-surprise, but surprises to me, um, I don't know. They make me a little anxious for other people. Like there is so much 
expectation and things riding on it that even if I get wind that a surprise could happen, um, it there is a little bit of anxiety or concern for somebody else's well-being in all of it. Um, I even think of like when I open a gift in front of somebody, um, if I have no idea what it's going to be, it's like, okay, I hope that I am the correct level of surprised and pleased and I don't disappoint them and it lives up to their expectation and mine and all of that. Um, and I, so any sort of surprise, I start worrying about everybody else's well-being in it all. That's kind of you. So you're the kind of person where you open the birthday card and there's clearly money in it and you just pretend not to notice it and just kind of move it out of the way. You're like, oh, thank you for this thoughtful card. Or do you make sure to acknowledge the money? I mean, you say thank you so much for, you know, like the thoughtful gift or something like that. So um, grateful for this toe cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you guys know what I'm talking about. You yeah. open the, the card and there's mm -hmm. money or a check in it or something. Checks were the worst because you wanted to see how much it was. <laughs> right. And then you don't know how to respond to it. Yeah, like, exactly. Mm -hmm. If it's $250, there's like, but then, then the pressure that happens to me is like, okay, like when I was in high school and like graduation gifts in high school and you open one and your grandmother gives you, you know, uh, $250. Yeah. And then, and then the next person gives you 10 and you're like, wait, like, I don't want to make someone feel like their larger gift is better <laughs> than their smaller gift. But you also, the person who gave the larger, like there's the, there's like, how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a good point. Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, Thank truly, you. you shouldn't be 25 times more excited about grandma's <laughs> gift than the $10 gift. But is it double? Is it a different? Yeah, what's the appropriate variance in surprise levels? How do we keep the pipeline flowing? <laughs> what's interesting is that we talk all about surprise. Um, mostly, we talk about it like in two categories. We talk about it in the bad categories, like when something comes, something unexpected, terrible happens, um, often uh, like death or some major accident, or even um, as a homeowner, there's always like surprise. You now have to fix, you know, like your air the water main break. Oh or, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we talk about surprise on the other side, like we're talking about surprise parties. Um, and as I was reading up on all different kinds of surprise, then one of the things that they talked about in what can be good surprises is like when you're reading a really great book and all of a sudden there's a crazy plot twist, that that is a surprise that a number of people enjoy. Some people do not. Um, and the people that do not normally read the end and then kind of like come back to not be too thrown off by it all. Um, so it made me really start wondering how do we even define surprise? And in one article that I was reading, um, there is an author and um, she's done some research, Tanya Luna, that she said, surprise is something unexpected or misexpected. Misexpected? Oh, no. Yeah. That certainly it's any the definition. It's like any time that you rate are... is higher than you expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's any time that you are wrong and your brain tells you about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which just Can you fascinated say that one again? me. Hold on. Yeah. It's... That. It's any time that you were wrong and your brain 
tells you about it. So like when I'm trying to fall asleep in the middle of the night and I recall something stupid I said on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think more um, like when you perceived that something was going to go a certain way and then it doesn't, something unexpected happened or I really liked that word misexpected. Yeah, I like misexpected because it, it it is. Well, this isn't to, this is a bit of a surprise. I guess that's the way that mo- uh, I've heard it expressed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not a big surprise, but this is a little surprise. This is just a bit of a surprise. But give me a moment, and I'll gather myself, and I'll be here present. Well, there's a difference between something coming totally out of left field, of that it was never even on your radar, and this was slightly different than I inve- envisioned or imagined it to be. Right. So. The reason I was interested in talking about this is because I just experienced uh, the surprise, a surprise, a positive surprise as an adult, um, as you as you heard in a previous. And a big surprise. And a big surprise at that. Yeah. As, as you heard in a previous episode, I've been part of this uh, home improvement show that's been recording. And we got to see our house uh, for the first time since demo. And it was leading up to it. I was sharing with, with Lindsay and. Evan, that there just really aren't a lot of positive surprises in adulthood. Like you get, you know, I guess in some ways you kind of get surprised. I or I got surprised by who my spouse turned out to be. I think that was a surprise, like for what you think, hmm. you know, as you're growing yeah. up and who you think you're going to marry, um, that kind of person or that kind of thing. Children, I think children were a surprise for us too, and what your child's going to be like. Those are those are positive surprises that do happen. But generally speaking, there's not a lot of positive surprises that happen as adults. And so, as adults, we often think when you think about surprise, it's negative. It's Hmm. mom's mom's got Mm -hmm. health issues we didn't know about. Uh, The electrical bill was three times what it normally is. The AC goes out in August. Like you said, you know, like the, the surprise element as as adults really is negative. Well, consequently, when we opened this, when we talked about surprise, we almost all pointed to childhood surprises and they were all positive. Mm-hmm. So isn't that fascinating to think about that, that somewhere around you know, be- that becoming of adult, the idea of surprise changes and the experience of it changes pretty radically. Well, part of that is that surprise research shows that surprise impacts the stories we tell about ourselves. So when we are surprised, our brains register that um, a little more vividly along the way. And so we can recall those moments. What's wild is that surprise doesn't change our narrative about other people as much as it starts impacting the stories that we tell about ourselves. Okay, so you just made me think about something that I had I had never been able to think about or about surprise, and that is, and maybe why the elements change as we get older, that surprise is really about taking events and applying them to what you've already experienced in life. So as you're younger, things hit you all the time you've never experienced because you're young. You just haven't experienced them yet. And so the world is just like, you know, when you take a kid to a zoo, it's like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. I've never seen, you know, it's like, so like there's like this sense of awe and wonder about all of the world that you experience. And so 
But as you accumulate those experiences, they less become less awe-inspiring, less surprising. And and Normal. so what what really does surprise us then are when the belief systems we have, the plans that we have mm-hmm. don't pan out the way we thought they yeah. were going to pan out. Right. And those are generally negative. Well, because it's usually not that they don't pan out in like something better happens. Um, it's that they, that often there's some sort of big challenge there to your belief system. Oh, I, I, I honestly I mean, like never really up. thought about that. Like as a break, like if you didn't know that somebody was going to break up with you, it's pretty memorable for a lot of reasons, but that's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, Evan, we can't hear you very well. I was talking about a breakup. So if, if you had a breakup, you're, it aligns with your worldview, your story, maybe where you thought your life was headed. That seems like that would be a major convergence point if you didn't know that somebody was going to break up with you. Or am I missing it? You're just saying no, any I surprise think... makes things stick. So good or bad, we should, if you want to be memorable, be surprising. <laughs> No, I'm just, I mean, yes, surprises do stick in our brains as uh, kind of like non-mundane moments. They stand out for a reason because something was unexpected or misexpected. But it, I think some about like your example of a breakup, think about how like an early on breakup in your life I mean, both of y'all got married when you were like practically 12. So maybe it's hard to remember this, but an early on (laughs) breakup. I had my parents' permission. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Did you just hear what Michael said? No, I was making my (laughs) own bit. (laughs) He just said, what if he said, what if you were the one doing the breaking up? (laughs) So Michael was out breaking hearts left and right. Um, Hold on. Michael, have you ever been broken up with? Actually, I have. Uh, the person I was dating right before Emily broke up with me. And I was really sad about it. I was very sick and in the hospital and she told me she couldn't handle it. So, Michael, it makes me wonder. I mean, we're using that example of a surprise that you were in the hospital. This woman you are dating can't handle the intensity of handle caring for you in the midst of the hospital breaks up with you totally breaks your heart i mean i'm glad the story ends in a fairy tale ending that emily comes along you fall in love get married um and in the meantime when this woman broke up with you my guess is you were totally shocked and then it impacted some way that you either told the story about your, like your life story about yourself or the way your narrative looked in well, that absolutely. moment. Absolutely. What you just demonstrated, what we just demonstrated was I framed the breaking up experience around mm-hmm. I found Emily next or, yeah. you know, like, so, so you, that's our natural coping mechanism is, is just to say, okay, well that happened. And the reason that happened was so I could experience meeting Emily without those those connections you know and mm-hmm. and I will say too like one of the things that really helped me what I, t- I was telling the kids this the other day they were asking about us meeting and I said the thing that stuck out the most in my relationship with Emily 
is that I felt like for the first time I'd ever had a relationship where she gave as much as I gave. Hmm. And I had never experienced that ever. And so that, that was like, this is, this is what it feels like to be in a relationship that's, that's, that's more balanced, you know? And, and so coming off that relationship that where, where it was like 90% me went 10% them kind of thing. Uh, it, it, it made me able to see that and appreciate it in ways I couldn't have others. So, so I think you're right. That, that's absolutely what we do. Just 30 seconds for me. Can I dig into a couple details? Uh, was she doing a lot of caregiving for you? <laughs> or just, she couldn't handle that you were ill. It, it, she, she genuinely, uh, she would describe herself as an incredibly selfish person um, and that she couldn't handle someone who needed her. The, the, part, the part of her, that... I mean, she's a different person now. Sure. You know, we're all different when we're in our twenties, right. you know, early twenties. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just, the context, I mean, you yeah. know, there's, there's a lot to every well, story. I had her change in adult diapers. Just, I mean, you know, I don't know why that would be. I think this just comes back to <laughs> what's the life you expected you were a very, you know, prior to being in the hospital in that moment, like there was a, a version of you that she knew. Then when you were in the hospital, there was a version of a very different version of you that needed different things and could offer different things in those moments. I don't want to dig too deep here, but Michael, it seems to me that especially in your 20s, you being sick in the hospital, probably not a good time. You're like, that's not where you want to be. Probably don't love the idea of being sick in the hospital, given your history. It, it, it was, I mean, it was like two days. I mean, we, it, yes, I was not, I'm not, a, a, I'd been sick for a while. I had gotten what we think was West Nile virus. Uh, and, and right. I had... And I had to get like a spinal tap and it was just oh a crazy weird, like it was just a weird time. Um, and this when West Isle was like circulating in Georgia and, and yeah. kind of in the US. And I had this just horrible, horrible illness for that lasted for about a month. So I don't necessarily blame her. And I'm not, I think the whole point, I don't, I don't lose the point of all this in my drama, my early twenties, but that, <clears throat> I love that what you just told us is that we write these scripts to reorganize the stories to help us get back to where, to sort of an equilibrium about the way we see ourselves. What's interesting is that I don't know if we always use the story to come back to an equilibrium, like in a healthy, positive way. Oh yeah, no, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Cause like yours, yours got framed at this like real happy go lucky ending thing. Um, versus my guess is, is that there are other people that just in my years of counseling, what I have noticed is that some people can use that as like, that was the beginning of my life changing. And then all these happy things happened. Mm. Like, and that must've been what, um, what God had planned for me which we can unpack whether that's theologically okay or not. That's but, definitely where I want to go next. Yeah. yeah. So um, when something surprising happens, we either are like, this is God working in really wonderful ways, 
Or I think about people that had breakups that then started changing their narrative of like, oh, I must not be good enough for them. I must, uh, like, here is where I'm lacking, or maybe I'm too much for them. Mm. Um, That is common language for women, especially after a breakup of fearing of being too much um, or not enough. Um, And so the surprise of the breakup um, then starts impacting this, like, made up narrative for them to try to put in context. Okay, so here's what I think is happening. We're trying to put into context how the surprise shouldn't have been a surprise is what I'm realizing. Right. Oh, I should have seen so, this coming. Is it, uh, so what is it, we call this, it, what it, it, the, it's called sense-making. It's yes. how our brain like takes information that doesn't align with what we already know to be true and make sense of it. And so sometimes, and that sometimes that's to bring about a sense of equilibrium. Like, you know, so for some people, like I I could see what I thought may be going is that this is just confirmation that I suck. Yes. Right. So you could, you could carry on that negative, like, Oh, this person, this is just confirmation that I'm, I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm not smart. Nobody wants me. Nobody wants. Right. And then you have, you have other people who will look at and say, you know, if, if, you know, what, what I could say is, you know, a year later I met Emily and literally it was a few months, probably a few weeks, maybe a month later that I met her, but, but um, I might rearrange someone who's sort of optimistic framed mm-hmm. will say, Oh, I needed to break up with that person because a year later I needed to be ready to meet this person. And, and to your point, what we see a lot of uh, particularly evangelical Christians, but a lot of Christians just in general will say, you know, God, God broke us up so that, so that I could be ready to, to meet Emily, who was my preordained, you know, person that I was supposed to marry, you know? So, so I just love the interplay that, you know, you've got this whole frame of human sense-making happening. And then you also have this, I have this theological framework that God's in control of everything. And so therefore, these God's works and these surprises, even mm-hmm. if they're devastating, uh, in order to, and you'll see this, I, 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 uh, I had a student who was assaulted when they were young and they, their reframing was that that happened so that they could be a stronger woman, mm-hmm. that that assault had to happen in order for them to be strong. And you see that kind of like, how do you take a really devastating surprise and then try to reframe it to make sense of it and, and put it into this, you know? Yeah, I think I have. Oh, sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. No, it, I mean, again, when coming back to some of the research I was doing about surprise, part of why I researched surprise is that it is one of the most uh, under-researched topics when it comes to like human emotion and experience. We're on to something. Maybe this is a new podcast. We're just going to dedicate an entire podcast to surprise. Maybe. Um, or not. But what's... <laughs> I think we're going to run out of juice before like an episode. What I'm saying <laughs> is that um, one of the things that I was reading is that when it comes to surprise, you have two choices. You either embrace it or you engineer it. And so you're either finding a way to accept it or you are finding a way to like design the surprise. That's right. In some to, ways. to retroactively design it. Uh-huh. So it doesn't de- 
destroy you. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so it's interesting how much we start twisting our theology sometimes uh, to make the surprise okay. So very much the, the I mean, biggest surprise of my entire life was waking up when I was 12 years old and my dad died overnight, right? I mean, that doesn't get much more mm-hmm. surprising or devastating. And uh, especially early, early on, I had lots of people tell me that it was, you know, that, that it was God desire that my dad died because uh, they needed, or if you remember and very early, that God, God needed an attorney in heaven because there weren't any at, until that point. Um, yeah. And God apparently is trying lots of law cases right, just lots in of, heaven. It's very I litigious. Would like, <laughs> I would like to think my occupation doesn't translate into my heavenly body. <laughs> If marriage doesn't carry over when you go to as, heaven, there's no as, way your <laughs> occupation carries over. When you organizational improvement—that's what we're gonna. Evan, we if we get if we get there, it's because we're gonna improve the experience of the overall experience of heaven. So, uh, <clears throat> but I spent much of my adolescence sort of like trying to make sense of why this happened. If God loves is a loving God. Like why? Like, so you spent, I spent a lot of energy and it was still too, probably still spend a lot of energy around that. But now it's like, now it's a realization that it, ha- it shaped me both positively and negatively. The experience is it's like that. You can't help but mm-hmm. change how you are. And those things are both positive and negative, And they just are, as you would say. Uh, and they can't take it away. Like I can't go back and imagine mm-hmm. what would have been like differently, but, but it definitely is formative. But anyway, I say that to say that I think theology is really a, a tool that tries to help us. It's a tool that's helping some people cope with it. And sometimes it's a, it's a good coping uh, tool and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, for me to you guys would be something like this. It seems to me that we can commonly treat surprise and tragedy and the unexpected as some kind of reconciliation with the direction of our life, with God's will. Like we have to have like every so often we get so far off base that God has to radically disrupt something and we don't see it coming. And then we're more in line with what he wants for us. And so that has to happen regularly because we're so out of whack that God causes these things to happen, I think is the way that we treat it and uses, I think there's some deeper theological unpacking that needs to happen there. But I think it does get treated like that quarterly reconciliation. These are the ways that I messed up and wasn't in alignment with what God wanted for me. So he took these things away from me. He struck me with this and this is what he has done to me so that I will change my And the opposite, opposite is true too. I, God loves me. I I made all this money because God loves me and because I'm such a good person that I've, I've everything that I, you know, that if, and then if I just act better, I'll get more. So, I mean, I think the thing about religion is that it easily could be transferred into some commodity relationship, some exchange of goods for more goods kind of thing. So what we've named right now is a number of the ways that we have twisted and changed our uh our faith beliefs uh to try to reconcile the experience of surprise 
I wonder. I had no idea it would get so theological, Lindsay. We got into this, like, but I think you're right. No, like it. So it makes me wonder what does scripture and you know, and maybe we'll keep going down this path of our church experience as a whole. What does scripture actually say about surprise? I mean, there there are several miracles in scripture, and those are all very surprising. Um, are there other things that scripture tells us about surprise? I mean, certainly there are examples of negative surprises, like, like, uh, the flood. I think that's a negative surprise. There's, there's times when whole countries are overthrown. Is it going to stop? Is it ever, yeah. Is it ever going to stop? And then, uh, but, but uh, as we were meeting before this, you know, it was, it was fascinating to think about the, the amount of surprise contained in scripture that is positive in nature it's really about discovering god and discovering calling which i might say you might argue is discovering yourself i mean you think about moses and and his call scenario with the the burning bush i mean that had to be surprising uh think about uh you know mary i don't know what kind of surprise uh you describe that but mary discovering that she's pregnant and she hasn't been with a man i don't i don't know what that would feel like Lindsay if you just found out one, one morning you woke up and you were pregnant um I don't know if that's the a word surprise I mean I'm sitting here thinking like the word surprise doesn't even feel like a big enough word for a moment like that it may be misexpected I, <laughs> it's misexpected. maybe that softened it a little bit I mean there yeah there aren't big enough words um there would probably need to be um, even some words of profanity involved if in her shock of it all. Um, surprise just feels very low key for what that might've been like. I think when we expand that definition of surprise to include the unexpected or misexpected, I'm honestly feeling like that's like 95% of scripture. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I was thinking about some of some of that, I think, is related to the fact that uh, the access to information is not the same in, during the period in which scripts are, were recorded oh, true. And these, as these events happened as they are now. So we know a lot more as humans. And so if we go back to this mm -hmm. idea that surprise is really when your storyline doesn't match what's actually happening. Right. And if we if, if we think that's if that's kind of the ele basic element of surprise, then if you think about if you live in a society where you know less of what's happening in the world, I mean remarkably less, you don't even know what's happening in the town over by and large, then there's a lot of opportunity for what you thought was going to happen getting disrupted, right? And and being something different than you than you thought would happen. And so maybe that's why there's all, so much element of surprise when you think about it in 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 light of scripture. So what do we what do we do with the unexpected, the misexpected, the surprises? I think shock and I don't want to use the the word in the definition, but shock and surprise when something unexpected or misexpected happens is most everyone's initial response. But as we get into it, how are we supposed to process these things? Is there a way that God would say is more healthy to process this? Like we're told in scripture with how certain 
characters cope over time? Is there wisdom there for that? What do we do about it when these things show up in our lives? Can we do anything? I started thinking about like, how did, how did Mary respond when, when she found out that she was having the son of God? She probably said a few choice words. Correct. And then but she went the, to talk to her friends, people she trusted. Mm -hmm. And then you can go read the, um, her, the Magnificat of kind of how, after she talked with friends, there is also this moment of thank you, God, for all of this. Um, right, which is probably exactly what we do in a situation that's really like, that's like if you, it's our reframing to make sense of this yeah. is not what we expected. This must be good. Thank you for trusting me to, to do, you know, like I. Yeah, like I that. wonder. I wonder if, huh. you know, maybe that story is all of the steps that we go through, but we read it in a very condensed version. Mm -hmm. Like she goes to talk to a friend and then all of a sudden she's okay. And thank you God for this wonderful surprise moment where I could get, you know, stoned and killed and ostracized. And, but thank you. Cause this is good. That might've taken a while to yeah. process through that. She does cope um, in a couple paragraphs. I think that's. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like we kind of leave out like, you know, maybe a few mundane details, like a few weeks later, the same way that Michael, when you told your story about meeting Emily, that it was it's like all of a sudden the next week and then it's all. Yeah. 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 Um, but I do think that there's this wrestling with the surprise and then any new information you have to figure out, am I going to accept it or reject it? And we can't fully reject it in a lot of ways because the, whatever happened already happened. And so we either have to accept it or uh, reframe and rewrite it. Okay, so, so that does feel like a regular pattern, right? That, that mm -hmm. surprise happens. There's a personal wrestling. I mean, think about Job. What's the mm -hmm. story of Job? Perfect example of uh, lots of really horrible surprises in your life your family's taken away from you, develop disease, you lose your farm, like you leave your whole livelihood. There's this internal wrestling with the surprise, some anger at God expressed, and then a consultation with friends who are arguably not very helpful, but somewhat helpful. Mm -hmm. And then there's some kind of resolution to the story, which is, I guess, not a bad practice and not, and probably not atypical of how we handle surprises. What were you going to say, Evan? Now I'm making a flow chart of your... <laughs> so the, no, the 2022 feelings wheel is the surprise flow chart. Maybe your grandmother can make us a necklace with that. Yeah, there you go. Hi, Grandma. If surprise it's... happens, internal wrestling, talk with friends, adjust. <laughs> I mean, really, is what it comes. It down is to. a making sense, yeah. And I think, I think, I think, including some kind of reaction to your creator, right? It could be because it could be both, right? I mean, I think if you are a faithful person, it's likely that some theological response happens. You internally process it. You're right. either angry or really excited 
for what God has done for you. And then you start talking to your friends to make sure that it's real. And then you come up with some way to make sense of it, to, to, to provide some equilibrium back into your life. Can I nest that in internal wrestling, internal and theological wrestling? Maybe you, you're the artist. Sure. So, you guys are really invested in flowchart. Well, well, you are intently focused on your flowchart right now. We are not visually looking at it in the same way. So in the end, I okay, drew boxes. Yes, you really did draw the whole flowchart. <laughs> so, okay. So if we have come down to a flowchart model of this, but we've talked about like not horrific surprises, but surprises that like totally knock you off course in a bad way. Let's talk about surprises. Like somebody throws you a surprise birthday party. Um, have either of y'all been thrown a surprise birthday party? Yes. yes. One, one time. Okay. My 40th, my 40th birthday. Okay. I was surprised. I was Emily threw a, a really fun surprise birthday party for me. And what was that like for you to show up? It was a, it was a cool, it was an onslaught of like emotions. One, like, you know, just thrilled that all these people were here and that it was my birthday. Uh, I also realized that my wife had been lying to me for months. Um, so we had to go to counseling about deception in our marriage. Oh my goodness. Um, no, it was, it was like the full thing. Like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. Like, it's just completely overwhelming, but generally it was the best thing ever because she had gotten people from different facets of my life. And there's nothing better than like putting people from your high school, middle school days together room with your college people together with your today people. A good social course. People. Yeah. And then you get to see them to see if they'll relate to each other. That happened when Lindsay came over and we made mm -hmm. chicken wings. I had friends right. over yep. and Lindsay got to meet like my parents. <laughs> I met everybody from like every stage of Evan's life. That's I was right. Like, Hi, everybody. I have heard stories about all of you. And now I'm putting all of you together in the timeline in my brain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, my surprise party, uh, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, and my birthday's over the what? holidays. And so we Whose were idea see, was this? We were going to see Star Wars because we had tickets already before I canceled it. I was on mm -hmm. a lot of painkillers. It was the first time I'd gotten out of the house since surgery. So um, I would say I felt pretty numb and fuzzy most of the time. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, so both of those are, well, Evan, I don't know if you consider yours a positive experience. It was wonderful. So wonderful to be thought of. Okay, Michael, you described yours as a positive experience. Does the positive experience of surprise fit into the flow chart as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, surprise happens. Internal wrestling, optional theological wrestling, should you choose for the theological wrestling package. You talk with friends and trusting people you trust, and then you adjust and cope. It's positive, you adjust and cope, and hopefully it brings you up. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think it holds true. I mean, it, it's a different level. I don't need as, I mean, when I think about that story of the surprise birthday party, um, I was in shock and surprise. And then I talked to my friends about it. And like, I can't believe this, you pulled this off. I, I can't believe you all are here. Uh, and then as I, as the night went on and I was, I kind of settle in and say, yeah, everybody's here. Let's all get to, let's, 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 I want to, I want these people to meet. I want these people to meet, you know, 
and so I think I think it holds true. I think that's kind of like our natural process. Now, the part that that concerns me though in this process, Lindsay, is when I don't have somebody I trust, when I don't mm. have those relationships that I can go to. And that's where I think surprise can get really hard for people is if you don't have someone to process surprise with. That is interesting because we do keep coming back to um, acting as though there are other people around that are involved in uh, helping us figure out this story. And, and I think it's a key to make sure that they, they are healthy, trusting people Right. that are involved in this because as we've t- as we've said how we navigate surprise um and how we interpret it impacts our whole narrative and when we try to make sense of it we can do that in positive ways or like really poor theological ways and if so if you don't have a good community to process with yeah and you're looking for can, sort of balanced individual like i had a, yeah i have a student I had a former student who who's mother was like always a downer and Hmm. so whenever whenever he would something wouldn't go right it was always well that's because you suck like you're just not smart enough to be there you you don't need to be at that school you just need to come home and get a job and so that that's a that's that's someone you feel like you can go to because it's your mother but your mother actually is is a down a person who's going to attempt to bring you down because of because of their own mental health Mm -hmm. problems but then you also have on the other end going back to an earlier episode toxic positivity you've got you've got people who who and this is probably sometimes me like when emily experiences a negative surprise i want to spin it really quickly instead Mm -hmm. of just letting her experience the negative surprise and helping her unpack it um but i think toxic positivity is like oh well you know this this is fine because look 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 at this horizon yeah. You know, you didn't need to date that guy. He sucked. He's he's a total loser. You just need to, you know, and quickly just move on without actually experiencing it in a way that helps you process it. More yeah, fully. I are it seems to me as far as actions that we can take that can improve the quality of our life and relationships that if we could find a way to get better at the initial response and reaction to surprise, we could cut out a lot of things that maybe cause some harm or frustration. Because if we get surprised and then we react immediately, I don't think your instant reaction to a surprise, I don't know how much real control we have over that um, because you experience it. Now, I think what we do after that could be something that we can get a little more agency over. But if I can move my like response after the processing and wrestling stage, rather than just being surprised and reacting, uh, I think that I could see that that would be a pretty major improvement to my life to be able to be a little unshockable and not have to, you know, respond immediately when we've experienced surprise without the time to process, if possible. What if, what if we were just willing to pause more right after we were experienced surprise and we didn't have to um, make sense of it in that moment. I mean, Michael's talked some about sense-making or meaning-making, but what if we just acknowledged that it happened and it wasn't what we expected and we didn't immediately run into, um, let's figure out how to name why this happened oh, sure. because that's really us 
trying to regain control again. Um, and I wonder what it would be like to just grant ourselves permission to say this was out of our control and I didn't see this coming. And this is really hard. I'm adding another uh, box to the flowchart. It's an okay. optional step where surprise happens. You sit in it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprise is neither good nor bad. It just is. A surprise okay, that, that the Lindsay phrase uh, sit in it showed up anyway. It always that. does when we talk feelings. Well, it sounds like surprise is going to happen whether we like it or not. So once again, we find ourselves in the situation where it's not about if, it's about when, and it's about if you want to take seriously the way that you react to surprise, understanding the dynamic and role that it has in your life, and if we want to gain some agency over it and have some a little more control and growth and health, or if we just want to be tossed around to the whims of the unexpected or misexpected. I think for me, as far as takeaways go, I'm going to continue to digest this misexpected surprise. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that that I, I would really love if you could go back and never tell me that because I have been thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I do great. I do great with surprises. It's fine. I love spontaneous stuff. But when things aren't the way that I expected them to be, I don't do so great with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm going to I'm going to continue to process that a little bit. I appreciated you sharing it. What about you guys? Takeaways? My takeaway is that having done um, tried to do some research around the psychology behind all of this, I can see why this is a field that has not a lot of research around it. Um, because it is one that is hard for us to wrap our brains around. Um, and one that we'd really have to sit in a lot more of this unknown or explore more of our desire to control more things mm. um, and, and our expectations. And I don't, I think that those are topics desire for control and um, unspoken or sometimes spoken expectations and things not living up to it. Both of those are real messy and hard topics. So I can see why surprise is um, doesn't have as much research at this point and why it is both fascinating and a topic that I don't know how much I want to talk about all the time. Do you think that when somebody tells people that they're a surprise researcher, they just think it means that they show up unexpected to research things, not that they research surprise itself? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, let's have to let that like sit out there and let the answer surprise you, Evan. I, I have two takeaways. Uh -uh. <laughs> one. Just surprise. one. <laughs> surprise. I have two. Uh, one is I, I had an incredible surprise and uh in the in the reveal of of our home that someone designed for us and remodeled for us without us being able to see it it was incredible and i would love to create more opportunities for adults to experience positive surprise i think that's an interesting thing for me to think about like how can i do that i love i love i love the element of surprise um in ways that move people and there's all kinds of ways that can happen so that's one. Uh, the other is I am going to have to sit in 
Lindsay's sort of framing of surprise and sort of sense making, and particularly how we use our theology or we manipulate our theology, I think it would maybe even be the better phrase to help us make sense of of things that happen to us, surprises mm -hmm. that happen to us, hard things that don't make sense to us. Uh, and we use our theology as as a tool to sort of make that work. Um, I don't know that I don't know that I would say this it's necessarily bad because it is a coping mechanism. But in the long run, I don't know if it really helps us create a theology that's that's healthy and and vibrant for for all seasons of our lives. So anyway, those are two things I think are interesting today. Hmm. Yeah, a couple other sub episode ideas that this one this one snuck up on me because <laughs> I it really unveiled a more complicated underbelly than I expected. Uh, what a weird way to say that. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, listener for you. Don't forget to uh, say hello on any of our social media channels and uh, leave us a little review on whatever platform you choose to listen to the podcast on. We're grateful for you. We hope you are doing well and enjoying the show. Uh, Justin Patton has produced this episode. We love you, Justin. Thank you, as always. Michael, Lindsay, thanks for the friendship and the great time. And for everybody else, we hope that you're having a fantastic week. We hope that the week that you listen to this is fantastic, not just the day. So there we are. Signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye.